Welcome to Family Office Secrets. We're about to pull back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. What you're about to hear are things that no one else wants to tell you. We're a group of driven business leaders who are driven for more. We are not satisfied with the ordinary. Our motivation is building an amazing life of significance and changing the world for the better. Because we're building amazing companies, our lives are complicated. We can't rely on traditional advisors with ordinary advice to get us to our goals. Instead, we look to the super rich and ultra wealthy business owners to guide the way. But the fact is, these solutions remain hidden from most of us because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't want you to know about them. Welcome to Family Office Secrets, where we are driven for more. We are hashtag driven for more, and these are our stories. Welcome to another episode of Family Office Secrets. And today I am really, really excited. By the time we finish our conversation today, you're going to know about the uniqueness of being in downtown's Bakersfield. And you're really going to have a deep insight from a local expert. We've got Austin Smith today, a, a local expert in downtown. And you're going to have that knowledge of what's going on downtown in terms of the real estate opportunities, the, the nightlife, the excitement, the restaurants, everything that's going on. But more importantly, you're going to feel really excited the next time you take a trip to downtown Bakersfield. And like I mentioned, today we have Austin Smith, co-owner and broker of Sage Equities. And they are a local boutique real estate development firm. And they are focused on the revitalization of downtown Bakersfield. Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely a, a thrill. So, you know, we're in quarantine. So, no, super happy to have you here today. And I'm excited about Bakersfield. And I know you certainly are excited about Bakersfield. And so, tell us a little bit about being in Bakersfield. Definitely. Being Bakersfield is a nonprofit we started uh, a couple of years ago, uh, specifically focused on changing the narrative about Bakersfield and all the positive things going on here. I think we've been successful in that, in that. A lot of the people I talk to here locally and outside of Bakersfield, the, the perception is changing and people are realizing all the, the great things that are going on here locally. So what are some of the, those great things that are, that are going on here? We have a great quality of life that uh, we don't often realize because we find ourselves in California and we compare ourselves to the, the larger metro areas or the coast. And, and we forget that, that we're in California and we have all the advantages of that, but we also have great job opportunities and quality of life and affordability here that is unmatched in other parts of California. Well, right. And sometimes there's a, a disconnect. So I've talked to some people that have done surveys on people coming to Bakersfield versus the residents of Bakersfield. And, and what I've heard, and, and you can tell me what, what you've heard also, is typically our view as locals is lower than people who are coming in from the outside. And so, you know, our view of where we are is actually not matching what other people are seeing. I think that's completely accurate in, in what I've experienced as well. We can be our own worst enemies and we, we really need to, to focus on the positive of what we have going here and promote that and work together to build a brighter future for our local economy here. You mentioned kind of changing the, the narrative with being Bakersfield. Can you give us a little bit of the, the kind of history of how you got started doing that and, and who's involved with it? Yeah, so my wife and I moved back here five years ago. We were living in Los Angeles and had good jobs there, but I didn't feel like we were really living up to our full potential of, of what we could accomplish and wanted also to be able to give back and 
we felt like we could do that more so in, in Bakersfield, that we had more to offer versus being in jobs where we were replaceable in a larger city. So we came here and uh, worked with a small group of other people to develop projects that hadn't been seen yet in our downtown and, and also to work on community initiatives that were new and different than, than how things had been done before. And along the way, we started this, this nonprofit, BM Bakersfield, which I think has been successful in, in changing the message about what the opportunities really are here in Bakersfield. Okay. Now, you know, you mentioned living in, in LA and kind of, you know, feeling like you, you weren't reaching your full potential. What was it about Bakersfield that made you think there's more opportunity there and there's a, a, a bigger ability to have an impact? I tell anyone that, that lives outside of Bakersfield that, that I know um, is that this is just really the land of opportunity because larger cities are, are much more competitive, not only in terms of labor markets, but just housing and, and everything. Whereas in a place like Bakersfield, if you have some experience in whatever industry you're in, you can come here and do quite well because we, we just, we're still a smaller city, but we have a lot of growth and there's just a lot of upside. Now, in terms of kind of your background, right, we'll, we'll get into some of your specific projects here, which I'm really, really excited to. And, and many of our listeners may not even realize that, that they've been visiting your projects and, and what you're doing. But, but how did you get started in the, the real estate and specifically commercial real estate? Yeah, so I uh, was born and raised here in Bakersfield. And I come from a, a real estate family of sorts. My father is a, uh, a land developer and subdivision developer uh, going back. 30 years or so, but I wanted to take a little bit different track in that my interests were more in urban development. So I studied urban planning in school in the Bay Area and uh, learned a lot there and, and got a lot of inspiration about what the possibilities might be here and uh, was able to bring that knowledge here and, and combine with my dad's experience. And, and we were able to do some projects that were a little bit ahead of their time for Bakersfield, but uh, you know, were projects that were happening in larger cities, you know, maybe 10 years or so ago. And so in terms of kind of your focus downtown, where are you specifically focused on? Mostly in the East Chester area, which is sort of defined as Chester Avenue was a historic main drag of downtown Bakersfield, uh, east of there to approximately Hugh Street in the Mill, Mill Creek area, and then south to, to Truxton and north to 21st Street or so. Okay. And in terms of kind of a, a downtown, I mean, what role do you think a, a thriving downtown really plays in, in having a vibrant city? I think uh, you can't say enough about the importance of a downtown because whenever you go to look to move somewhere or you're going on vacation to a city, the first place you're going to go is is the center. And that's what cities are judged by. And if if you have a center that's not active and vibrant, People often aren't aren't going to want to relocate their jobs there or go on vacation there. So I think it's really essential for the future of our local economy to have a thriving downtown. And what are some of those those elements that that really make for thriving downtown? You know, the first thing that comes along in a downtown that's sort of coming around is that you have affordable real estate. And a lot of times you get small local businesses move in, including boutiques and restaurants and uh nightlife and those sorts of things. And we've seen that, seen a renaissance of, of the restaurant scene in, in downtown Bakersfield. After that, you start to see housing, which I've been a part of. And then eventually major employers start to want to relocate in the downtown area because 
they want their employees to have access to all the amenities that are being offered in the area. So it, it's kind of a, a cycle that's been borne out in other cities and, and it, it's exciting to, to be a part of it and see it happening here as well. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like that, that starting point is really kind of, you know, vibrant housing. It's a good restaurant scene, right? Places that, that workers can go and, you know, grab a nice bite to eat during lunch. And, and some of those elements are, are really sure. what's important. Definitely. Okay. And so let, let's talk about some of your projects that, that you've been doing down there in East Chester. So what, what do you got going on there? So our, our first two projects uh, are the 17 place townhomes in, in Cafe Smitten. They were completed in, in 2017. And the townhomes were the first market rate housing in downtown Bakersfield in, in decades. And market rate means that there was no government assistance provided and that the, uh, it's basically a private sector project, and we found the demand was very high, and, and at this point, we have the, the highest rents in Bakersfield because people really want access to all the amenities that our downtown has to offer, and, and they're, they're willing to pay for that. And because of that, it generates more investment interest and future developments as well, as it's been proven out over time that the demand is there for this type of product. So in starting on Smitten and 17th Place, what were some of the design elements, right? As you started looking at this, right, how do you figure out where to do your first project? How do you figure out what it should be and, and what you want it to be? And then, then how, do you, how do you even put all that stuff together? Yeah, so the, it's simpler than you might think in that a lot of times when housing starts to get going in a downtown area, it begins in sort of the older industrial area that might have been overlooked but is nearby to amenities. So the Padre was probably the first big private sector project that really kicked things off in downtown Bakersfield 10 years ago. And because of that, a lot of growth happened in that area, but there's not much available land in that area. So we sort of hopscotched five blocks away where there was available land and saw the opportunity to create housing there where residents would still have access to all the amenities but there was availability to actually build housing there. All right. And then what about Smitten? Talk to me a little bit about how that kind of came together. Yeah. So the townhomes occupied three quarters of a safe block and then adjacent the property that became the townhomes. And then adjacent to that was another half acre parcel that was a parking lot in an old industrial building. It was a couple thousand square feet. And it was basically being used for storage by a, a painting contractor. And we really saw the, the opportunity that if we were going to develop this housing, a lot of times the retail comes along as a complement to the housing. And, and it's really important to have these third places uh, is a term that you hear where people can gather and connect and they're not necessarily at your work or your home. And it really took off because that need was, was here in Bakersfield in that there weren't many cafes like Cafe Smitten at the time, and, and other ones have come along downtown since then. But it, it's really just one of those basic human needs to connect, and all of us being in quarantine now <laughs> are, are definitely uh, feeling it. So I, I think there's a, there's a bright future for creating more gathering places. And uh, the first microbrewery actually just opened a couple months ago downtown as well, so that trend is definitely continuing. What about some of the design elements that are in Smitten? How did those come together, right? Because I walk in there and that's just as, as hip and cool as a, you know, any cafe I'd find in any part of the town, you know, any big city. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so like I said, it was, it was really just a shell of a, 
an old industrial building from the 1920s, brick construction. We obviously reinforced it and uh, and added some tent improvements as well and a kitchen and everything. But it's really just playing off what was already there. It had really good bones and working with that sort of industrial aesthetic and uh, kind of creating a space that has those strong design elements in terms of the bricks and, and old steel beams and everything. And then also making it feel warm and, and communal by bringing in some wood elements as well. Well, right. And it really does capture that that third place that you're talking about. You know, my wife and I love to go there, sit down in the back, you know, love the Moroccan eggs. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> right. And so, right. It's so much more than just a, a coffee shop. It really is a place yeah. to hang out. It's a place to connect. It's a It's a place to be in Bakersfield. Right, right. No, really. Right. Kind of coming back to that theme. Now, at the time you were doing this, though, there wasn't a a lot of stuff going on in that that neighborhood, was there? No. And and that's there's a couple of ways you can look at the world is glasses half empty or glasses half full. And and we we really saw that because it didn't exist and we knew the demand was there that we needed to help fulfill it. And that's a lot of how I see downtown Bakersfield going forward is that like I said, it is the land of opportunity because we're a city of half a million people now and we can support downtown housing and, and cafes and nightlife and, and restaurants and bars and all these things that people didn't necessarily realize the demand existed for before. Now, but, but right, when you go into an area that doesn't have a lot of development and you're kind of some of the first people in there, there there's certainly a risk factor in doing there, isn't that? Yes, there is. And I feel like that's the role and that we help fulfill. And it was sort of a uh, a contribution we made to the community because once our projects were proven to be a success, it, it made other people feel comfortable to, to come in and, and invest as well, because there is a lot of fear in, in being the first person on the block. But obviously it, it worked out and, and now it can sort of be a virtuous circle where these things take off and, and a lot more positive energy comes in and other new businesses are developed as well. Yeah, but right with that, there there are certainly some some challenges. You know, you and I were talking earlier. You know, you had mentioned because you were some of the first people in there, you had an issue with the appraisal on the first project. Right on the on the construction loan to build the townhomes, the rents downtown were fifty percent less than what we have at the townhomes now, or more, and that's because all the construction that happened was all before World War II a lot of times and residents today want new new finishes and amenities and you know we're just we're living in a very different world in, in 2020 from from when uh, a lot of downtown housing was developed so the real comparables for what we're doing are, are brand new construction on the the west side of town which has traditionally been considered the the higher end area of town but one thing that we've successfully shown is that People are willing to pay a premium to live downtown because of the all the amenities and the walkability and and the quality of life that that you can experience in a downtown area that that you don't have the ability to experience in a in a suburban location. What was going through your head when you know all of a sudden the bank tells you you know this just isn't appraising the way you know you thought it was going to do? How'd you work through that and how'd you overcome? Yeah, that? we worked with our our investors and uh, and said you know we really believe that this project is going to pencil and that the demand is there and that there's a great long-term appreciation potential for this property because downtown is essentially a supply constrained market in a way that 
that suburban development is not. And and luckily they believed in us and, and saw that we would be able to to see it through and make it happen. And they hung with us. And when we completed construction, it was all leased up and we had the highest rents in town. It was reappraised and we had a, a permanent loan and, and it was at a much higher valuation than what the initial appraisal was. So that I feel like that was a victory for our downtown to show that people were willing to pay a premium and to be a part of what our downtown had to offer. And then, right, going back to kind of Smitten and 17 Place, what were some lessons that you've learned in building these fantastic projects? Oh, just that it it is a community effort and it, it takes a lot of people who believe in what we're trying to accomplish from all the consultants in terms of the architects and engineers and, and marketing and everything that goes into it, as well as the the end user, the residents, and then also the, the investors and the lenders. And and it's it's a matter of working with everyone to see these things through. So the community support piece, is that something you work on building? Is that something you watch come together on its own? A little bit of both? Talk to me about how you build that community support for a project. Yeah, I won't claim to, to have any sort of game plan from the minute I moved here or anything. It, as it often happens in business, we're all figuring it out as we go to a certain extent. But I basically followed what I believe, which was that our downtown is essential and for the future of our local economy. And if I help cast a vision and show the community what the potential can be, then people will get behind us. And, and that has, has borne itself out to be true. I mentioned to you earlier that uh, we have over 30 investors on the next project. And, and I, I take that as a real point of pride because it, it shows that we do have that local support. We're, we're past the point where, where people are questioning, is this going to work or is there demand for this? And now the investment community as a whole wants to get behind it. Uh, that's got to be exciting for, for you to watch kind of, you know, people get behind your vision and sure. support that. Yeah, it, it, it's very encouraging. You know, like, like we discussed, you got to kind of hang in through, there through the, the difficult times where you have to prove that it, that it works, but luckily we've seen it through. So you mentioned vision a couple times. You know, what does your vision of Bakersfield look like in the next 36 months, in the next 10 years? I mean, right, as you kind of look downtown, what are some things you see and what would you like that, you know, the downtown to look like a decade from now? Yeah, I think continuing on the path that we're on, like I mentioned, that there's more retail coming in, more housing. And then also, uh, I think downtown already is a major job center in terms of healthcare and, and government and legal. But we're going to see some growth in, in technology. Bitwise Industries from Fresno recently expanded to Bakersfield after uh, they completed a successful venture capital raise. And, and they are developing 40,000 square feet of office space in downtown Bakersfield. And I think that's very exciting and shows that the workforce of tomorrow wants to live, work, and play in a downtown setting. And that in turn will will attract talent to our community and will bode well for our local economy in the long run. Now, right, kind of hitting on that, right? Live, work, and play in a, you know, in a vibrant downtown community. So, so those are some of the things that, you know, residents are, are looking for in that, that urban multifamily living environment. But, but specifically, are there some design elements or certain amenities that, that people are looking for? Yeah, you know, it's part of the learning process. Uh, we start off uh, at the townhomes with not including pets is just one very small example. And and we quickly realized as people started to come in that, oh, we need to make this a very pet friendly environment. Uh, 
and that's one thing that the residents today expect. Like I said, location obviously is key in access to being able to walk to either to, to work. The hospitals are a big part of our, our tenant base, as well as other medical offices, government and legal as well. Other amenities, I think modern finishes are, are what people are looking for as well. We do all the latest in terms of quartz countertops and stainless steel appliances and everything that residents would, would look for in a, a modern design space, but in an urban setting. Right. So, so that's interesting, right? So one of those lessons you learned was right, really responding to the, the marketplace and what people are asking for. And right, pets are, are massively important in today's society, right? I, I love my two dogs. And, and right, my wife, right, my wife and I, yeah, right. And we pick places when we travel that are pet friendly and they get our business and the non-pet friendly places don't. Sure. And, and so, right, what a neat way to, to kind of respond to, to what residents are, are looking for. Were there anything else, things that, that came out or, or changes that you made based on feedback? One thing we were surprised by was uh, our project, the first project included tandem parking for garages. T- tandem parking means one car in front of the other. And you might have seen this in, in other cities, but it was a new thing to Bakersfield. And, and a lot of people were nervous and, and said, oh, you know, is that going to work? Are people going to feel comfortable with that? And, and, you know, I've had next to zero, you know, very few complaints about it. And I think it's just that people are willing to make certain sacrifices of, of convenience in terms of, yeah, you've got to work with your roommate or your significant other and moving cars in and out, but they're willing to make those trade-offs in terms of, of space and, and, and garages and this and that in exchange to live in, in the, the downtown environment. So I think at the end of the day, it really goes back to location. You have to be modern and up-to-date, but you're choosing to live in a downtown environment because you want to live your life outside of your immediate home setting as well. So do downtown urban environments, what's what's the demographic that, that they really attract? That's another uh, learning <laughs> experience is, is that the stereotype is that it's millennials who, you know, may have recently graduated college and they have a professional job and they want to uh, enjoy all that the downtown setting has to offer, which is true to a certain extent, but we found that it's much more diverse and, and much deeper than than we imagine in that we have residents with multiple children who choose to live in our community. We have older individuals who don't fit the the millennial stereotypes so much. So, because they may have uh, you know sold their their home and are looking to downsize and and want to enjoy the the downtown amenities as well. So it's really a mix, and and it's uh, it's very encouraging to me and that we're not pegged to to one particular demographic it's it's really uh there's a wide range of people that that want to experience what downtown has to offer so i don't know from my perspective i would think sometimes it's easier to design if you've got one very specific demographic but right. now if you've got a broader base how does that change some of the the things that, that you're doing and how do you build for a broader audience yeah you know you'd you'd be surprised though people who who want to experience this sort of lifestyle often want the same things and it's not necessarily driven by by age or gender or mm. occupation or those sorts of things that a lot of times it's very consistent in that they want modern clean design in the downtown setting and it's it's not necessarily unique to each to each individual in, in terms of uh, what they're looking for so it's really you're building more for a personality than you right. are a right. certain demographic correct 
Oh, very, very interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's really, it's a, it's a lifestyle choice is really what it is. Okay. So now current projects you've, you've got going on, you certainly have some, some new stuff going on. You want to talk about the, the queue at East Chester? Yeah. So it's a, a 49 unit, another uh, multifamily project developed, will be uh, developed at 18th and, and Q Street in between 18th, 19th Q and R Street. And uh, what we were trying to accomplish with, with this project is to kind of take it up another level. <laughs> Literally, this is a four-story project. The last one was three-story, and that's it's a little unique to Bakersfield. It's an elevator building. Uh, we'll have interior corridors. We'll kind of have a, a boutique hotel vibe to it in that typically an apartment community in Bakersfield is two stories and it has all exterior corridors that open up to, to landscaping and that type of design is called garden apartments. And what we're doing is something very different in that it's, it's, it's very urban and, and lifestyle oriented and we'll have some great amenities. We'll have a, a rooftop terrace so you can be up on the fourth floor and looking out on downtown and the mountains and, and just, you know, beautiful views that you wouldn't have anywhere else in Bakersfield in a residential community. Also, we'll have the dog park, of course, by popular demand, and uh, barbecue area, fire pit, green spaces as well. So thinking about the the outdoor amenities are just important is, is what goes into the units as well. Well, right. That's part of what makes California, California, is that outdoor living spaces that, that we get to enjoy for most of the year here, which is absolutely fantastic. And so Definitely. what an exciting project. And uh, Wow. So as you look back on, on kind of, you know, your journey to, to get here today, what have been some of your favorite moments in, in doing what you've been doing? Well, I, I think I've spoken to a few times, but it's really having an idea and a, and a belief that if we could just create something that, that the community will embrace it. And it's been extremely encouraging to me personally in that the ideas and that the dreams I had as I lived in the Bay Area or I lived in, in Los Angeles, that I was able to bring them back to my hometown and to create them and, and then to have people embrace them is, is just very, very fulfilling. So now, right, you know, we wouldn't be a, a good business podcast if we didn't, you know, dive into that just a little bit. And, you know, there's a lot of people with vision out there, right? Lots of people have vision. Very few people make things happen. And so, so what do you think that big differentiator is between having vision and having vision and actually doing things? Well, it's all in the execution, right? It's putting in the work and, and putting yourself out there and, and taking the risks. And otherwise, you, you're never going to see the other side of it. So That's good. So let, let's kind of wrap up, you know, dive in, in a little bit deeper just on, on being Bakersfield. Because, you know, that to me is one of the special things that, that you're really doing. And this is something everyone can be involved in with, right? Sure. So how can we get involved? What's going on with Bean Bakersfield? Yeah, so we, we have a, a website, beanbakersfield.com, and, and you can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram at Bean Bakersfield. And uh, you can see the, the, the new narrative that we're working to, to share with both internally within our community as well as outside of Bakersfield and, and helping to change that conversation about what it means to be a part of our community. And I've seen a shift in the past couple of years. I think there's a lot more local pride and people are realizing what a great gem of a place we have to live here and that it's something that we should celebrate and be grateful to be a part of and, and work to, to make the community better. And uh, BM Bakersfield has, has been supported by 
a couple sponsors in, in the medical industry and as well as some, some local businesses. And the real driver behind their support is that they need to attract an educated workforce to, to our community. And, and that's been challenging in the past. We like to think that we can play a small role in, in helping change perceptions about Bakersfield, which will then open up more individuals to relocate here or, or to stay here and feel like they're a part of the community that, that understands them and supports them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love what you're doing, right? On being Bakersfield, if you go there, right, there's the opportunity for anyone to become an ambassador for Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. and, and what what's involved in that? Is, is that a full-time position? Is it oh, something no. that I agree yeah, to? I mean, it, right, it's right, all, what, what does it mean to be an ambassador for Bakersfield? Sure. So it, it it's a it's a nonprofit organization. It, the ambassador is, is definitely an unpaid position, but we have people who are interested in moving to Bakersfield that want to hear the story from somebody locally versus just what you read online, you know, that they want a first person account of what it means to be here. And and we help connect them with local people who are passionate about Bakersfield and may share their interests. You know, if you're into mountain biking or rock climbing or, or whatever your hobby is, there's people here who do that. And making those connections beyond the, the workplace environment, we found has been extremely helpful in helping people who already live here but are questioning whether they want to stay or people looking to relocate here and making them feel like Bakersfield is a place that they could be a part of. Yeah, excellent. Well, I, I would encourage anyone, right, if you are a resident, if you love our town, become an ambassador, right? What, what a great opportunity you have to share the message of why you live here and, and encourage others. Because, you know, the thing you and I have really touched on, I think a lot through through our conversation today, has just been the, the power of community. And that's one of the things that I've fallen in love with with Bakersfield is it is a good community of good people who who genuinely help each other out and, and want to grow together. And that's something that you don't necessarily find in the in the larger cities because there's so much disconnect, but sure. we're just big enough that, that you can get to know everyone and right. you know and, and make, make friends with your neighbors and hang out with people and really build that that community of other individuals. And I think that's what makes us special. I agree. Well, hey, Austin, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. How can people find out about Sage Equities or, or get involved with things that you're doing? Sure. Yeah, we have a website as well as sagebakersfield.com. And, uh, and you can find us on social media, Facebook and, and Instagram as well. You can sign up. We have a newsletter uh, that you can sign up for on our, through our website. It goes out quarterly and it, it highlights a lot of the exciting things happening in Bakersfield not only in, in terms of our, our business and, and other businesses that we're excited about, but also uh, arts and entertainment and, and culture and, uh, and nonprofit activities that are happening in our community as well. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you for being a, a fantastic guest. And uh, most importantly, thanks for helping us all be excited about being in Bakersfield. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Absolutely. So, hey, thanks for tuning in to Family Office Secrets. We had a great conversation today with Austin Smith of Sage Equities talking about what makes a a beautiful, brilliant downtown, some opportunities to to be involved and uh, the exciting stuff we have going on in Bakersfield. I'm Tim McNeely, and I'm in your corner. You've been listening to Family Office Secrets. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast as we've pulled back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. We'll have another podcast soon. 
But for more secrets used by today's more successful business owners, dentists, and entrepreneurs, visit the website at www.timmcneely.com. Till next time.